Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Hey yo. It's March the 10th. We got Mr. Christian on. Christian Giesler, Chuma Guide. Talking about Lake Chuma. Haven't had him on in a while. Uh, awesome dude. As usual, we always have a lot of fun when we do these. Ranged all over, as usual. Kachuma has been pretty steady, as you'll hear in this here podcast. Hopefully, you guys just enjoy listening to me and Christian BS for a little while, because that's pretty much what it is. We talk about all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. I can't even really remember it all. Uh, It was just all over the place, as usual. But I hope you do enjoy it, and I really appreciate your support listening and enjoying and i hope it helps on your commute i know a lot of guys listen to almost everybody i talk to is like i listen to this on my commute as do i with podcasts so i'm hoping that it helps with your commute i am trying to keep it up and and get a get a few out a week so without further ado christian geezer here he is We are recording. We're recording now. Righteous. Righteous, brother. <laughs> Christian, what's going yeah, on, man? Wild, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, sorry. Stepped you, on you. You should, you, should, <laughs> you should be sorry. How dare you, <laughs> sir? Uh, no, this is what uh, happens when you try to jump a conversation into another conversation. I know. Well, that, that's why. So <laughs> it's funny. I just I, and I. So full full disclosure. Uh, I I left uh, Christian hanging here for about twenty minutes as I was finishing up another podcast with a great dude. Um, but I I just we started talking on that one and I just hit record and I've been doing that with people. Well, I just hit record and we're having a great yeah. conversation for like ten minutes. And he's like, and they, it's I'm always waiting for it where they're like. Are we recording? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we are. I mean, is, yeah, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I, hope, I hope that's okay. <laughs> we just had like a great conversation for like 10 minutes. And it's either that or I go back and I'm like, re- let's re-talk about everything you just said. Like what's yeah. more awkward? I don't yeah, know. probably re-talking about things. Exactly. It's better to just roll with it, dude. And I think, I think you get, you get the, best, the best dialogue and... You know, you could segue into random stuff, but we I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. I should have just rolled from the start. We could have talked about video games and how weird video game, <laughs> video game kids are. <laughs> yeah, our, the secret life of a, of a bass dude, the, the closet video game player, which wow. is I, myself. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong with it. I, t- I tell you what, nah. speaking of video games, now, my son got uh, uh, Smash Brothers. On Switch, Sweet. I bought the Switch originally. I told my wife it's for me and Oliver, but he was way too young to to be yeah. playing Switch. Anyway, I bought it for you. I bought it because I wanted to play <laughs> Breath of the Wild, and uh, and I did, and it was amazing. Uh, I mean, because we're we're children. I mean, how old are you, Christian? Uh, I will be thirty this year, so, so I'm, I'm twenty nine. So you're you're, I'm a little older than you, but we're still we're we're children of the video game age. Like we were brought, for sure uh, doing. We watched it, so. it happen. Yeah, so yeah, we watched it all come into play. Yeah, and it, it's really hard to let that go. There's some people be like, "Well, once you get to a certain age, you stop playing video games." And I I would say no. I, I totally disagree with you. Uh, you got to. Yeah, it's nostalgic, dude. Like 
there's I just so, remember, you know, yeah. Christmas, you know, you, you use amped on video games at Christmas, you know, when you're younger, you got the toys. And then as you progressed into your childhood, into your adolescence, it was all about like, okay, we got video games now, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I, I was, I mean, I'm sure you were the same way. You, you playing outside, going fishing, going camping, doing all that stuff. But if there was nothing else to do, you were inside, you were playing video games. And yeah, for sure. So for sure. It's one of those things I think everybody our age in that same like age group, uh yeah. I mean you are gonna play video games even when later in life I talk to guys all the time. It's like, oh yeah, I'm playing video games. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's not weird. It's up for some it's, older, I know, but like at, at the point where we're at we like almost don't even want to admit it sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I, I don't care. Like, dude, I get to play with my little brother. Like that's pretty cool. You know, like I love my little brother and it's you know, it's hard for us to talk on the phone sometimes, but we just like hop on at night and play. Not recently though, he's in the Caribbean, so I can't play with him. But you know, we got we got all we got like a secret little uh elite group of grown adults that really don't talk about it much, but we all get together at night and play. <laughs> I like how you use the word elite. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna burn these people out because some of these people you'd be like, No way, dude. <laughs> I trust me, I I I think it's fine. If you got any problem with video, yeah. if you got any problems with video games, you can turn this off right now, friend. Yeah, stick stick to bass fishing, That's bro. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, so first of all, I haven't even talked to you since you gave me that awesome care package of all your baits. Yeah, yeah, it's been a couple weeks for sure. And uh, and I was stoked to get them, and I've been able to use them a couple times now. Uh, they came in big at the uh, the Ed Lacey tournament that I had. Awesome. Awesome. Um, which I was really excited about, and uh, yeah, man, um, I, I I enjoy them, and, and they're great. And I've Sweet. actually had people hit me up and be like, "Hey, man, where can I get that color and that worm? Like, I want that right there." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, man, sure. this is this is a uh, he may be playing video games. I don't know if he's going to be able to do <laughs> for you, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, they're awesome. Those those twin tails definitely came into play." Uh, a week ago when I was at uh yeah. AC tournament and yeah, we did real well. And I, I, I'm, I'm really, I really like the Yamamoto stuff. That's usually where I go, but I don't know, man. Uh, can I they're, 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 they're really comparable to each other. I mean, it's, it's a simple twin tail, you know, but they last long, you know, a lot of people like salt in their baits. Those don't have salt. Um, I put salt in some of my stuff. It depends. Some people are like, oh, they, they bite it, hold on to it longer with the salt. And then, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just a trailer, you know, and it's, and you, you know how many you go through. So it's nice to just be able to sit on them and not have to buy $10 packs at a time and blow through a whole pack in a day. So I'm stoked you got to use them, dude. No, and, and I'm stoked you sent them to me. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish I could say like, hey, go buy these baits, but he doesn't, he, he's not doing that. This guy's guiding. No. He's guiding over Not, at Kachuma. Yeah, we we've 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 been up there quite a bit recently. Um, it's funny, you know, even though we're in March, it's kind of not meaning to jump into another subject, but now that we're talking about fishing, yeah, go for it, man. It's, it's, this, is, <laughs> this is your world. I'm just living in it. Yeah, um, I just I know you like talking about what's going on up there, and uh, I will give you a quick scoop on it now that we're talking about it. Um, for one, it really hasn't changed much. I mean, uh, I kind of, I was looking back at my logs and stuff. You know, I keep a daily log about, you know, all the conditions and all the good stuff going on for the day and stuff. And, you know, I was just flipping through my logs of the wintertime and comparing it to 
first week of March here, and dude, nothing's changed. Water temperature is the same. Water clarity is cleaned up. Um, actually, yesterday I saw the first sign of a little bit bloom down lake, and that was exciting. But water temperature is the same. I see a lot of people talking about like pre spawn and stuff. Like, oh, I'm on this pre spawn bite. I haven't seen much of it, to be honest. Um, I don't know if it's just my fish, but catching the same fish that I'm catching two months ago in the same areas. Um, nothing real crazy. I've caught a few fish shallow, but I was catching fish shallow two months ago. So mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't think it's like a full pre-spawn deal yet. It may be the pre-pre-spawn where, you know, you get daily changes where their fish moves up for a day and it's like, oh, no, it's still too cold, move back out, whatever. But um, we're still catching them on bluffs and stuff. So it, it's, it's pretty standard winter time still for me. Um, I have seen some people throwing Senkos and stuff up shallow. Um, we haven't quite got to that point yet, even though we're getting ready to, you know, I, I talked to you earlier and I told you I was pouring up a bunch of Senkos cause guiding, you're going to go through a lot of those and in, in the, in the spring here. So yeah, absolutely. What are you, but as far as like bite and stuff like that, I mean, we're still catching quite a few fish, um, catching a few better ones, you know, it's not not out of the ordinary to catch a few over three. A lot of cookie cutters, you know, the Kachuma cookie cutter is like two pounds. You know, there's millions of them in there. Mm-hmm. Catch a lot of them. Keeps us busy. Um, but, you know, maybe like two or three over three pounds, and every now and then you get one to kick over four. So that's cool. Um, but nothing like substantial like, oh, you know, like it's happening, you know, like everyone wants to, wants to have at this point in, in the year. You know, they're like, oh, March, everyone, even like February 26th, they're like, oh, March is like a couple of days away. You know, it's not going to change that much in a couple of days. The only big change that we have is the moon. And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously everyone looks forward to that moon this month. But as far as like conditions, you know, same, same stuff, cold water, clean water. Um, you could find like dingy pockets here and there catch a couple out of it you know with square bill or spinner bait or something but yeah we're pretty much doing the same stuff you know drop shot texas rig jig fishing good stuff fun keeping our clients happy at a trip yesterday and it was kind of like out of the ordinary i'm sure you saw the little recap of it we went fly fishing i i so i did see that and it's funny that the guy I just got off with was actually a fly guide at one point and now he spends a bunch of his time on the delta does a delta report like youtube like really cool but we started talking afterward and and we started talking because, you know, I've got a background in fly fishing and, and, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I would, I would love to do that. I mean, I've, I've yeah. never, I've never, I've never fished for warm water species, either, uh, panfish or, or bass on my, on a fly rod. Um, but so how did, how did, how did, they, how did that even come about? So it came about, um, there was this, this dude named Mark and, Apparently, we have, like, a bunch of mutual friends and stuff. I never never knew him, never ran into him or crossed paths with him, which is weird because in Santa Barbara, you know, it's a fairly small town. And mm-hmm. if you have mutual friends, the odds of you guys running across each other are great, you know. And we just totally didn't know each other. Um, he had fished with Fred at Casitas, I think, in February. And then I think Fred kind of pointed in my direction up at Kachuma. So uh, he got a hold of me, you know, inquired about a trip. And, um, you know, I, I, I do my, my background check on people, you know, if it's through social media, I always, you know, click on their page and run through their, their pictures and stuff and kind of get a gauge on, on the person. Not, not like 
in a weird way or anything, just to see like, you know, what is he like doing and all this stuff. So I noticed on his, on his Instagram page, he just was like an avid fly fisherman. Like whether it's offshore, you know, like he, he's gone to all these crazy places and, and he like, I could tell he just loved fly fishing, mm-hmm. you know? And so I kind of, I got to thinking, I'm like, you know what? Like, that'd be kind of cool if, you know, he wants to book a trip to go fish bass, but like, what if we could show him some cool fly fishing up here? Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew of a couple areas that had some suspended schools of a uh, giant crappie and, <laughs> uh, oh, needless to say, we went, you did? we, we went to work on the fly rod. Dude. Oh man. It was pretty, it was pretty sick. And it, and it kind of blew his mind. Like, like every cast for about an hour. And then, you know, we were just chasing this school around, like stalking the school and just absolutely terrorizing him. And the dude had the time of his life and I, I was super stoked for him. You can just tell how happy he was. Cause that's what, that's what he wanted to do. You know, he, he brought his yeah. fly rod. Yeah. He brought all these cool like flies. He's like this sinking line. He, he was like dialed ready to ready to catch these things. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, shoot, you know, and as a guide, all you want to do is just make it happen. You know, you see him walk down on the boat, he's, he's like geared up, he's ready to go. And, you know, we spent our morning, I had a little spot of fish that, that bit really good in the morning for the last few days. And, um, I took him over there and we picked out him, you know, we were fishing jigs and, and just, you know, the typical dragging gear. And then, um, I told him in the afternoon, you know, we'll go look at the, the crappie. There's been like, hundreds of boats on lake kachuma dude it's it's so gnarly and they're all just trolling around and destroying these crappie and yeah fish are moving so i kind of wanted to give that time wait till people started pulling off that way we could you know do our own thing and without you know people trolling into the bow of my boat and are, th- just... are there a lot of are there a lot of like uh boats trolling are you talking about kayaks are you like are are guys like trolling through for crappie you name it dude we got parkers we got beer can skiffs we got kayaks we got (laughs) inflatables we got pontoons you name it at one point yesterday i'm not kidding you i sat in one spot and just in my vision i counted like 36 boats and kachuma's not big okay it's not a huge lake, and there's a lot of places that you can't see from where you're at. And where I was sitting, right in my field of view, was 30-plus boats. It was ridiculous, dude. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my God. And, you know, they're all up there doing the same thing, but it's just it, it's crazy how many people are up there. I mean, you rewind a couple years ago, three, four years ago, whatever, you know, maybe five boats. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like our private little lake, well, and then I, after COVID, it, it blew up. It's weird, and now you've got the the tournament trail coming back there as well. Like you got yep. your own little tournament series, and uh, yeah, the man the man Fred is the is the director. Yeah, so, uh, cool. Yep. Had that, him on. That's cool and, news. Yeah. So and it, it's a bummer. That so it was the second one that got that got uh, blown out. Right? Yeah. The, this, the second event, the first one that Fred was directing got, I mean, I wouldn't say it got blown out, but it got canceled. Um, yeah. there's, there's been a lot of discrepancy about that day, but if it, you if know, it, the Rangers really, got to make a call. If it really should have, well, I mean, honestly, you do got to make that call there. I know there was an ABA up at, uh, Isabella last year 
that went yeah and that i remember that, that one that thing was a i mean there's i mean yeah. you've you, probably seen that video of that vexes yeah well i actually knew i knew some guys up there that that were fishing i, I heard a couple crazy stories so about, did I. not only yeah that, no i that, i knew that. i know a guy really well that, that fished that tournament and it, it was yeah yeah crazy they had guys like beaching their boats and hitchhiking back it I, was, I heard some crazy stuff yeah. dude and I that, mean, I so that I tournament, there. I don't know if it's true, but that tournament whatever. never should have went, but it no. did. And, and so it's, it's one of those things that was a tournament director or doing a tournament. You got to make the right call for safety, right? Um, yeah. But, but then again, in, on that aspect of it, you also have to understand that a lot of these guys are, you know, they're, they're professional anglers and part of yeah. tournament fishing is you got to fish these screwed up conditions. And you got to be able to go catch them. You know, even, you know, ABA's rule is you get, you get two hours underway in a tournament, you, you weigh in, even if it gets called, you know, if you, if you blow out of the gates at seven and they ring the bell at nine to come in, guess what? You just had a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever, whatever you, and that's kind of how we were approaching it that day. It was like, you know, you better jam out there and put the bow up into the wind and, and catch five. Cause you don't know when you're going to come weigh in. So we, I was excited, dude. I was, I was ready to go. My partner was ready to go. He loves fishing in the slop. I love fishing in slop. You know, it's kind of like our jam. The windier, the better. And the shittier, the better. Really? We like that stuff. But really, yeah, it's, yeah. I, we you know, like I talked to other, I talked to other tournament anglers. Like, man, I give me, give me rain, sleet, hail. Give me anything else besides a bunch of wind. Like, just yeah. I do not want the wind. And it's like, no, you're not like, screw it. I'm just going to throw the heaviest shit I have. Yep. <laughs> yep. Make it work. Oh, dude, the the stuff that was re- I don't I don't think I had a single thing that was tied up that weighed less than an ounce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, and we were, we were, we were ready to rock that day. That's, that's for sure. That's hard. <laughs> that's hard for a lot of guys though. I mean, it's like I it I, is. I can't do that, man. I I I'll be honest. I I mean, I'm always honest on here, so <laughs> I mean, I Of course. I mean, I can't Yeah, I can't do that. And that, yeah. and I mean, so, I, but I, yeah. I, I, I commend you for your heavy. Well, you're also an, you're also an offshore hand, you know, like you're, you're out there, you know how to, you know how to work that big stuff, right? Yeah. You know how to handle yeah, it. You know how to handle a big one. There, there's lot, there's lots of angles that you have to have to know to perform safely, you know? Um, but here's the other thing is Kachuma is not a big body of water. Here I am talking about how i like being out on shit i don't want to be out on mead i don't want to be out on isabella when it gets sporty like that i, yeah. I used to grow fishing isabella dude that that place gets legit like really legit to where you'll be cruising down swell of like three and a half four footers and then you got a 60 foot giant tree that just jams up out of the out of the water you know that place is dangerous yeah it, it can get bad up there i know a lot of people that have sunk boats up there did you, you did know, you see that, that's a whole different story. Did you see that video? The guy who speared that wave and it came over and just like yeah, destroyed his yeah. console? Completely spooned yeah. his, his brand new boat. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Oh man, rough. Um Yeah, that, that video went viral there for a little bit. Yeah, when it first happened, a guy I knew who who knows that guy sent it to me and he's like, Don't share this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. This was of course, I, I was, next, next that was morning last year. Like on that was last year, and then like now I see it everywhere. <laughs> 
Every, oh hey, yeah, it's still being reposted, and oh, I see oh, it like oh, once a week, dude. It'll pop up on my feed, like <laughs> with a different like rap song. Yeah, yeah, some some <laughs> other some other like some other like like influencer channel or something. Has yeah, it, and they've, like, yeah, like they've read right right it. when that baseline yeah. hits, he just goes underwater or whatever. <laughs> But that, is it is the same? It is the same guy who's doing like he's trying to like I don't know what he's fishing off the front of his boat, but he's literally like surfing like the whole front of the boat. Like his his trolling motor's not in the water. Like half the yeah, time, he's yeah, just yeah. going up. It's like that. Uh, I don't know, man. dude. That place is when when that that open lake deal rolls up one of those flats down there. It gets so you could pretty much surf at that lake some days, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, I've never fished. I've been it. out there where I was like, what am I doing here? I was on a 17-foot champion. I'm like, dude, this is bad. Like, you know, I got I to gotta figure something out and we get got, in safely. We got San Luis here, and it's like it's always one of those things you're you're aware of when you're out on San Luis because it's over the pass there at Pacheco Pass, and, like, the wind can come up there, like, out of nowhere. And, yeah, like, it's the same type of deal. Tons of stories, people just getting swamped, like, if you're at Dinosaur and that wind starts coming from the ocean, good good luck. I mean, yeah, you better get going. You got to beat your boat over on the other side of the lake and get a ride back over. Maybe and maybe your boat's still there. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like, we're, so we're talking about heavy weather fishing now at, at Kachuma. Yep. I don't know how that happened, but um, <laughs> anyway. So so when's that when's that next uh, tournament coming up? The next one is scheduled for, if I'm not mistaken, the 20th of this month. So, two weeks, a little less than two weeks. Um, that should be a good one, honestly. Um, we'll see. We got a little little system coming in this week. It's not going to help warm up any water, but you know, this time of year, you get a cold front. You know, the second week of March or third week of March. You know, you start getting your right moon. It could be interesting. Yeah. How many guys are you usually getting out there? I think I asked. You I'm surprised. I'm surprised at how many people actually showed up. I think we had close to 25 boats, which is good for around here. That's that's a pretty pretty good boat field for the ABAs down here. Man, it's like I feel like there should be more. I it, it should. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, there used to be 90 boats in that place. Yeah. Yeah, well, but then again, you are also able to fish multiple lakes on your boat. I and that's a huge thing too, right? I mean, for sure, that, you, that, that's that's really the only thing that's keeping the boat field limited. How are you going to buy a boat down there and want to go fishing, and then you you can only like you're going to spend however much money? I mean, if even if you're buying like a smaller boat, like thirty to seventy grand on a boat, and yep. And you can only fish one lake in a yeah, place. You gotta like, have two boats, man. <laughs> I mean, like that's that's craziness. I know. And that's, I know. What a shame! What a shame for the fishing community down there. Really, I mean, and like, I think that's kind of that puts the the damper on the West Coast tournament fishing, at least down here. Well, because you can't go. You there. have a lot of they would not be able, good guys not be able to go there, right? I mean, they're no. If they, you want, they wouldn't to have, be able to go here, and and these guys wouldn't be able to go other places without clipping their tag and. and waiting another 30 some odd days to get back on their pond. So where does that stop? Like, so you've got, is Isabella, is Isabella part of that? So I mean, so where I'm at and I've talked to, to Fred about this, 
I have to go and I have to get an inspection on my boat. Yep. Some places up here are a little bit more strict than others about how they check. Uh, when I go to the mother load, I don't, you do, you do your own self check. I mean, I, I make sure that when I get home, I, I'm a responsible boat owner. I just, I yeah. dry, I dry my shit out. My, I dry clean, my clean, boat. drained and dry. Yeah. yeah. And because that's how you keep a, a good boat. You don't put it away right. wet, you know? So, right. But not everybody does that, of course. So, so when you go up to the middle load, you just fill out your thing and say where you've been. I never go south of Millerton, so I'm not right. even something to worry about. But here in the Bay Area, they're really strict about it. The my home pond is 15 minutes away, small lake. Um, I I got to make sure everything is like tip top. Like there can't be anything yeah. in anywhere. And and then I get a, a tag, and of course I always clip that off because I'm going. Bunch of other places. You're gonna no, be going somewhere else. I, yeah, yeah, I got I to pay that nine dollars for no good reason. <laughs> yeah, um, I've only been turned away. My well, my brother was turned away once on his kayak at, in Livermore. Uh, he had water in the uh, the rod holders of his kayak. Oh uh, yeah, at the very bottom there, and he drove all the way from Petaluma down to Livermore, which is like a two and a half hour drive. Wow. And turn around and go home. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things. I think we don't have it as bad as you guys do down there, but I, I with the amount of money they can make off of it, I, there's no way, that I they, don't, there's no way it doesn't happen up here too. Cause there's money, right, in, yeah. there's money involved. Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. For sure. There, there's, there's down here, you know, you have, you have that same inspection, that you're talking about, but instead you're being inspected to go into a 30 day quarantine. So as rigorous as they are about a drop of water and letting you on the lake, they'll fail you for that drop of water, even though you're just coming in to dry up for 30 days. So you have to have your boat, like literally you can't have a grain of dust in your bilge or anything. Like I, I know guys where it takes them weeks to get their boat into, into, like the right presentation to show these guys for the inspection. And I know so many people that have just worked and worked and worked, getting their boat fine. And then something happens, whether it's, you know, they're driving down, we live right next to the coast. So you get due in the mornings, you get all the condensation. They come yeah, up. I, I don't they understand touch, how they how touch your works. carpet, dude. <laughs> like, and they're like, your boat's wet. It's like, no, dude. it's like, well, <laughs> well, so how do I you guys drove here as, as a guide? How do you, how do you deal it? So then, can you explain a little bit about how this actually works for us Northern people? And I know even though I do a lot of Northern stuff, I think we're a lot of us, I, me included are really curious about how this actually works going down there. What, once you get tagged, you're good, right? doesn't matter. You can just go there. doesn't matter. The yeah. conditions, right? Once, so up here we do at Kachuma. We'll, we'll just, we'll just use Kachuma as an example. When you come in, if you want to fish this lake and you are coming from somewhere else, you can come in and schedule up an appointment to where they come and inspect your boat. You make sure it's all clean, drain, and dry or whatever. No specks of dust, nothing. Livewells are all scrubbed out. They check your plumbing. They finger swab the, the, uh, yeah. the drain plug hole. They do everything. But when you get past, when you pass your inspection, what they'll do is they'll put a red tag on your boat. And what a red tag is, it's a wire cable, mm-hmm. and they, they go through the clip, the bow clip of your boat, and they wire it to your trailer. Yep. 
Okay, and that's a red tag. What that red tag means is that you are now in quarantine. And they'll hand you a receipt with the date on it, the date that you've been inspected and your go date. And your go date is the date that, you know, whether it's 32 days, I think it's 32 or 35 days. That's the date you can come back, get that red tag clip, go fishing. So when that all happens, you come back, clip it, you go fish. When you get off the lake, they re-tag your boat onto your trailer. So they will actually lock your boat to your trailer. So if that little uh, cable is tampered with or broken off, like you, you can't even, you can't even take your boat off the bunk pad to get your, your trailer rebunked and recarpeted. Unless you, you know, go up there and tell them like, look, this is what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Like really lay it out for them. Because if you come back and that tag's gone, guess what? You got to start over. It's yeah. gnarly. So after <laughs> after so after thirty days or whatever it is, then you get a different tag that says you're good yep. to go. A green tag, yeah. a green you tag, a red and you're, a green tag. You're good to go, and then yep. you can go to that lake whenever you want. No, you just drive right through, of course, and and uh, so they, for you every drive through, there's a host. They cut your tag off. They okay. take down all your information. You literally sign into the lake. And then they call you like a half hour before the lake closes, tell you to get off the lake. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then if you forget, if you ever, for whatever reason, forget to get that tag on the way out, and you try to come back in, all over again. Yeah, they, yeah, that that's like almost impossible up there because where oh, they stop, they the they have a big gate at the launch ramp. Yeah, and there's a host shack right there, and the host stays there all day, and they they'll stay until the last trailer is off the lake. Okay, yeah, because I've I, there's been times where I've. Because it's kind of the same thing. It's not as rigorous, right? I mean, where it's a, it's a, they check it there. Okay, you're good to go. And then on the way out, you can grab a tag so that the next time you go through, I don't got to pay the nine dollars for them to right, check. Right, right. And then, and then once you get up north, so so this is this is Kachuma. You get up north, you know, towards Nacimento, Lopez, Margarita. They kind of have the same deal you guys have going on up yeah. there. They have a same day inspection if you don't already have a tag. Yeah. So they will actually inspect your boat the same day and then let you fish the same day as long as you're clean, drain, and dry. Which I don't know why we can't adopt these. These, uh, you know, if your boat's dry, your boat's dry and it's clean. It's clean and just be strict with your same day inspections and it all will be good. They have so many test sites on that lake. You know, they're they're keeping an eye on it, making sure the muscles aren't in there. So it it would be nice for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I understand why they're doing it and and how how much the muscle does like wreak havoc, but I mean, at the same time, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of a matter of time. I, yeah, I, hopefully, I, mean, I, I mean, hope so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't want to think that, but it. God, I mean, these lakes are so close, and it it's happened. I mean, it's just I don't. Anyway. Well, here's the thing, too. You get a you have Casitas and Kachuma, which are less than thirty miles apart from each other. As the crow flies, well, guess what? A comorant goes and eats something out of Casitas and flies over Absolutely. to Kachuma and takes a dump in that lake. Guess what? You now have whatever ingredients in his poop that he got from that lake, and now they're in this lake. There's a million different ways that that can happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. while I mean. I've literally been just, I, I've, <laughs> and this is the weirdest thing. 
Um, it's weird that you mentioned that and that I remember this, but I was in San Carlos, which is on the the San the on the way up the peninsula to San Francisco from Silicon Valley. Uh, and it's where I was at in this parking lot is probably five miles, eh, mm-hmm. maybe three miles from the ocean. All right, so it's a ways. Um, but I'm I'm walking through the parking lot one day and I look down and there's a live there's a live crawfish. Yep. Now it's in the bay. I don't know exactly what it maybe baby lobster, shrimp, or something. I'm pretty good. I thought it was a crawfish, but whatever it was, it just did not have any it was a warm day. Like there was no water around. And there's just this right. and it was alive. So I mean what is it in Jurassic Park? Ian Malcolm says life finds a way. Like it's not going to take yep. long for whatever's going on there to kind of get around. And like I said, I understand no, what they're and, doing. And but. I, I honestly think they've done such a, like a rigorous job on doing it. Like I don't really see, I think if they were to actually going to have a chance of getting in there, they may have got in there by now, but I don't know. Who knows? Who Who knows? Let's change it up a little bit in your <laughs> the, the depressing <laughs> zebra muscle subject. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I was about to use a bad word. No muscle yeah. talk anymore. Uh let's talk about some of your favorite colors when you're making baits and you know, you've been guiding. You know what's up. Oh, for yeah. your spring baits. Yeah. What what are these colors you like cuz the colors you sent me are sick. Like you got some really yeah. cool color. I mean, you have some of the this the regular stuff. You've got the yeah your your standard green yeah. pumpkins and oxbloods and all that good stuff. Um, I have been pouring a lot of one color, and not a lot of people make it. And I might be kicking you don't myself. Have to, you don't have to give up. The, you don't have to give up the good one. I know you have one that's oh. like real good that I I honestly don't want you to give up. I'll, I'll, I'll give up. I'll give up one good one that I really, really, really like. Um, and like I said, not a lot of people are doing it. It's two colors, and it's just a muddy water deal, so doesn't have any any uh, play in my lineup right now. Obviously, but um, it's a June bug and black laminate. And you don't see like too many people doing that. So it's a two color bait. It's got black on top and a got a june bug on bottom it's usually you know the baits that you see are usually all black and blue mm-hmm. or all june bug but i actually laminate those two colors so you actually have some sort of transparency in the june bug with the black top so you kind of have that weird you know best of both worlds for your darker water and stuff that's what i've been making a lot and i really like that color um i pour it in everything whether it's a the jig trailer swim baits um, for like, you know, swim jig or chatter rate trailer trailers, um, worms, just, just anything. It's a really good color for the stained water. If we get a lot of rain in the spring, you know, especially for flip baits. So that's, that's, that's my kind of go-to for the flip bait. And we do other crazy stuff. Um, a couple other colors that I'm definitely not going <laughs> to blow out yet. You've but. got, you've got one, you've got one color that I absolutely have to have. Yeah, which, which I, is, we'll we'll talk about that one. But yeah, there's, <laughs> I mean, I think color and and we can talk about like color actually mattering. At, at one point, I used to just look at things like, okay, I think this color just looks good to me, you know. And yeah, I, I think I think some days it matters for sure. Some oh, yeah. days it doesn't. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a, and I've said this to everybody. I'm a, I'm a peanut butter and jelly guy, maybe because I like peanut butter yep. and jelly sandwiches. You know what I mean? It, sure. It's one of those things. And then you, if you throw it a bunch, you get fish on it. It's like everything else. Oh, I got confidence in that. Well, you have confidence yeah. in that because you throw it all the time. You dipshit. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I'm, what I'm mainly looking for when it comes to color is like whatever, what, what's, what is it going to be in front of? Like if it's a bottom bait, what, what is the color of the bottom? Like, is it actually going to show up well on bottom? Is it going to blend in with bottom? Cause sometimes you want it to blend, you know, the clearer the water, you don't want to be throwing this giant behemoth black jig in, mm. in 20 foot viz. I mean, you could still catch them on it. Don't get me wrong. Like people literally do not fish another jig other than a black jig in any sort of condition or color water. That's just their thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not what I want to throw. I want to throw something that, you know, the bass, as he's cruising around, kind of just barely sees it move and is startled because he didn't see it. You know, it, it's it's there. It's blending in just like a, a crawfish tries to blend in with its surroundings and habitat and stuff. So um, I try to do a lot of that stuff. Um and hoping the water dirties up so I can start really using all the stuff that I'm pouring. I, I think I need to throw the the black more often. If we're talking about fly fishing, one of the most like quintessential flies for streamer fishing, which is which dude, which would black bugger. What dude? I why you gotta why you gotta go and steal the thunder, bro? <laughs> why you gotta go steal? I know that dude was throwing a black bugger. I know he, he did was. It. He did it. He did it. So I and I was I was it. and so yes, Christian. Thank you. That's that's and every everybody knows this. It's like if you're in fly fishing. If you're throwing a streamer, which is a bigger fly, it's anything longer than maybe two inches is considered a streamer. I would say anything longer than an inch really is considered a streamer. Um, But a black bugger, period. Now, what I would do on the San Joaquin growing up is I would put on, there was a dude that used to tie these awesome buggers, crystal buggers that he made, and he'd make some really big ones with with an orange head, and they were like a bronze color. And those were great just by themselves. But what I would do is I would put a dropper, about a six-inch dropper, underneath that with, like, a really small black bugger underneath it. And I would throw that on a light, uh, like an ultralight four-pound spinning rig when I would float the river. And I would throw that ahead of me as I was going through a a good spot that I knew I was going to catch fish. And I can almost call it, like, yeah, they're going to see that orange one, and they're going to get attracted to it, and but they're going to see that black one, and they're going to eat that one. And I caught yeah, one of my biggest like fish there. Your little, yeah, the little teaser rig. Exactly. Yeah, and and so I need to throw black more because I know it works really well. But it works well for trout. But um, yeah, it's just a color that I never throw, and I think I should throw more. But in the bass world, it's like, well, you only throw black when it's real dingy. Really? Yeah. We have, yes. I mean, actually, now that I think about it, you know, we've we've caught them pretty good on a black hair jig in clean water. Yeah. And I know a lot of those guys up north that fish smallmouth, you know, they <laughs> they live and die by a hair jig, and that water is not yeah. that dirty up there. No, in a lot of those big it's lakes, absolutely you know? not. You know, <laughs> and so I think this this week uh, I'm gonna something I'm gonna throw something black. I, I I really need to try to do that. And I and you were and I was gonna I, we got off on a tangent, but when yet this dude started just lighting up those crappie on the fly rod, was that a little bit surprising to you? Like, wow, this guy's just like killing it. Um, or did you, it, do you know that was going to happen? 
I, I I was really hoping it was going to happen. I knew it could happen, but the problem was we had a lot of wind and stuff up there that day. Um, and you know, I would, I never really fish while I'm guiding, but I just picked up like a little grub and I, and I pitched out like 10 feet in front of the trolling motor and I hooked one real quick and I'm like, Oh, we're going to smash him, you know? And then right after that, I, I put the rod down and he just went to work on it. And then the wind came up. And so it was hard. We were chasing those fish on, on the panoptics. So you, you kind of always got to be behind them looking up, up front unless, you know, you're pointed behind you, but I had to keep that boat up, upwind. Yeah. And so we started like blind casting behind us for him and we, we were catching him that way, but he was, he was just, like just doing everything that he had known in fly fishing. He would try the, the double hauling and he would catch him on that. And he's like super amped on that. Cause that's like, you know, a real finesse approach as far as stripping line on a fly rod yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. So he, he got to, he got to just play around and, and, smash him was he reverse so, casting was he was he casting yeah, forward and yeah. then letting it go behind him oh that's solid yeah he was back casting he, he was doing every he was doing like the crazy like he was like snaking his line and all that stuff that they do just and and you know catching him dude knew, <laughs> dude knew his stuff dude knew his stuff. yeah he knew his stuff for sure and i'm so happy i like actually took the time to, to look through his stuff and and see what he truly liked doing because nothing's cooler than bringing somebody out on a trip you know, they have their expectations. Okay, we're going to go bass fishing. Cool. We're going to fish conventional gear and spinning gear and all that good stuff. And I'm like, hey, man, you should bring your fly rods. He's like, really? Yeah, dude, bring them. We, we might have something to do with them. And sure enough, that ended up, it actually saved our day because that kind of happened at the end of the day. And as we were approaching the afternoon, the fishing kind of slowed down a little bit. You know, we went from catching handful or two off one spot to like one here one there one here one there and just started doing a lot of running and i'm like you know what it was already three o'clock it was a full day we had already fished since seven and if anybody knows me i don't ring the bell and, and bring people in if i feel that we can salvage something i'm, I'm staying overtime i'm i'm doing it i'm gonna if they're into it obviously yeah um, and he was super into it. I'm like, dude, you want to keep fishing? Like, I got, I got one more idea. And he's like, yeah, sure. And we rolled down there and spent about two and a half hours just soaring their lips up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. I mean, it, I, it's, I, it's funny too, man. There's a, there's a contingent of, of bass fishing that like, there is no way that anybody should be, you know, fly fishing for bass or for, for panfish. And then there's the, 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 the trout fly fishing guys are like no way i would never you know i'm not gonna and i think that's gone away that that was yeah. a thing of the past i think and it's cool to see that that mixing because i i you know growing up i took a took away a lot from the you know in college took a, a lot away from the fly fishing side of things and, and tried to incorporate it into my conventional stuff that i grew up i honestly using. think if you did that first if you fly fish first you're setting yourself up for for um, a lot better chances as far as any other applications go, because that's some tedious stuff, dude. Oh, it's a, it's but, dude, it's a, it's a, it's a total like, yeah, especially if you're tying and doing all that stuff, and th and that's where I've thought about like making baits. I just don't have the time or the space to do it for for bass, but 
I mean, there was times I'd be out there on the river, and it was funny. We'd float past this guy's house. He's got a mansion on the river, and you couldn't you couldn't access the river, the San Joaquin where I lived, for like an eight mile stretch because it was all private property. So you had to float it on a kayak or a small boat, but really it was a canoe or a kayak. You're not going to get a boat in there. And then you would right. go in there and you could fish for trout, and you could fish for bass a little further down. Great bass fishing down there. So it was a great fishery, but you had to take a watercraft of some kind and and float. And then you know you're you would just have to you know do the shuttle with your boys. But right. um, we'd get past and we'd always and it, sometimes you'd see the guy out there. He had his own like his own huge stretch of the river, and he's fly fishing for these trout. And I went by one day with a buddy of mine, and he's not out there, and, and I'm seeing trout rise and i'm like yeah people always talk about like you have to match the hatch and you gotta like put these like you know number 16 midges down there and then that's the only way you're gonna get the i saw i saw one of these trout rise and i had like a i, I don't know it was like a two-aught woolly bugger like the biggest bugger i could buy yeah the guy <laughs> an orange like just gaudy thing and i'm like wait and i just cast right up in there two turns boom you know 18 incher <laughs> and i'm like match the hatch yes sometimes but for the most part these are fish like if you know yeah, where they are if you throw the right stuff you're gonna catch them they're gonna eat it yeah exactly and i think that's really- we weren't we weren't we weren't fishing anything small yesterday that's for sure no was that, yesterday? that was yesterday right was it? Yesterday. yeah that had to be i think so <laughs> i think it was yeah no he wasn't he wasn't like doing your typical like fly fishing we were fishing that heavy sinking line of yeah. big old i forgot i forgot what he called the the fly exactly but it was like a big shad fly but the thing is like four inches long dude it's big clouser big old clouser clouser there you go yeah. that thing yep yeah. yep that's it i got a bunch of them that i haven't got to use so uh <laughs> we'll bring them up next month <laughs> well i was supposed to be fishing for and i, I said this on the last podcast but now i'm talking to you but Supposed to fish in Honduras for bonefish and stuff, and I got all this gear and I haven't used yet. I was going to use it for striper, and I haven't got out there yet. Been focused on the green ones. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, it's. I think it's cool. I, I when I saw it, I was like, that's really cool. And I that that dude won that tournament, uh, that team tournament up Wild West uh, earlier this year at Shasta on the fly rod. I think. I mean, that's crazy. What, that's what, rad. Yeah, whatever, whatever way it takes. You know, I mean, fishing's fishing. No, I don't, exactly I don't. and that's that's the thing too is i talked to a couple people who are like wow you actually like took someone fly fishing i'm like no dude i took somebody fishing whether they wanted to <laughs> fish a fly rod or a spinning rod or a zebco push button i don't there care there you go like these people just want to go fish and we're gonna go and do our darndest to catch them you know right. whether however we're doing it it doesn't matter if they're they pay the money they put their their faith in me to take them. Guess what? I'm going to work. I'm going to find this stuff to make it happen. And top water season's coming up, and there is still an outstanding bounty on a lunk. I think it was a lunk. <laughs> the spider. It's a lunk or a spider. <laughs> I just want to bring this back up because it's and as we get closer to summer, I'm going to keep bringing this back up every time we have a yawn. Uh, there is a hundred dollar bounty on anyone who can do a cast to catch on a cat, and and I'm going to kind of. I'm going to narrow it. It's going to have to be a California, a main. has to be a California. California. A, a real lake. Main, main waterway, public waterway, and it has to be cast to catch. Yeah. $100. Lunker Hunt Spider. $100. Right into your Venmo account. 
right into your we're, Venmo account. We're, what are we doing? We're, me and you are matching the fifty. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do fit. So there'll be two fifty dollars deposits into your Venmo account. If you don't have Venmo, yep. well, find somebody who does and then trade them money. Yeah, that's legit right there. That that stands. It's going to happen. Will stand until because I want I want to see it. And me too. Yeah, I'll, I'll just use it as like. I'll, I'll make sure there's audio in it so I can use it for the intro to this podcast every time I have Christian on. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll hear the little cha-ching from us sending the money. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I love having you on, dude. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, Kachuma is, is like you've had the same report for like the last two months. doesn't matter. We still have great I know. Us, so I don't really I know. know. I wish, I wish it was, I wish it was changing, man. You just need to say, um, "Oh man, we're catching them shallow." They're like, "We're catching four and five pounders back to back." Jeez, that that would be nice. Um, hopefully, hopefully on the twentieth, that'll be the case. I hope so for you too, <laughs> man. I hope that's the case. I'd love to hear that. I know. I know. We, we're we're ready. We're my partner's really really strapping down. He wants to do good up here, and so do I. So. We're gonna actually take it serious. Try to try to win one. And when it's your time up there, it's your time. And if not, we'll just we'll sit wherever we sit. But we've we've had some good days so far. You know, we had our first first tournament. We did well, and then actually after that tournament got canceled, we ended up doing a little pickle jar tournament up there the next day on Sunday. Oh yeah. And we did. Yeah, we had a we had a good day then too. So we're excited. We want to just we want to fish. You know, we've worked all winter, and it's time to have fun and keep working, obviously, but still have a little time set aside to fish ourselves. It's always exciting. Absolutely. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you. I'll let you go. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to talk to you about, but I can't remember what it is, so I'll get it to you on the next time. Right on. Well, at least we'll have something to start on other than video games. Video games are always good to start on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, brother. Great talking, Joel. All right, see you, man. Boy, that escalated quickly. Don't act like you're not impressed. Christian, thank you, brother. If you guys want to uh, go fish and and talk with that dude like I do here, um, you know, he's a lot of fun. You can text and talk about video games while you're fishing, whatever. Check him out at Chuma Guide, uh, Lake Kachuma, the premier Lake Kachuma Guide, Christian Giesler. And you can find us at the Report on the web, at the Report on Instagram. And uh, pretty simple there. Leave me a message. Let me know what you think. Any critiques? Anything. I'm all ears. And happy to talk to you. So I'll catch you on the next one. See you.